Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of A Girl in the Product World. I am your host Amna and today I am joined by Zach Nicholson. Hi Zach. Hey, thanks for having me. Lovely to have you on. So I'm really excited because this is getting your product related questions answered to help you break into the best community around. Um, So just some background. um, I get a lot of questions around how to start your journey into product. And a lot of you do reach out to me and my colleagues. And I thought, why not just do a little series to bring all of those questions to light and help the mass audience out there. So Zach, I'm going to hand over to you for you to introduce yourself. Sure. So yeah, as mentioned, uh, my name is Zach Nicholson. I, I head up the product team at Wave Talent. Uh, Wave Talent um, help tech-focused companies build end-to-end digital teams. We specialise in three areas, which are engineering, product and design. As well as that, I'm also the founder of Product Leaders UK, which is a Slack community to help product leaders talk and collaborate. Um, we've actually done an article together, which is getting released okay. soon. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Perfect. So... I mean, according to Zach's intro and me knowing him, he is absolutely perfect to answer these questions. And I'm so excited. So without further ado, should we crack on? Let's do it. Perfect. So question number one is if someone is trying to get into product and wants to know if it's right for them, what should they typically ask in an interview? Yeah. So uh, if you're questioning whether you want to get into product and you're in an interview, you've probably jumped the gun a little bit to, to start. But um, yeah, I would suggest to kind of evaluate whether you want to get into product and discuss people is ask people um, on, on LinkedIn. You'll be surprised how many people are actually willing to help. Um, people enjoy talking to people, right? That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. Um, and then another great thing is meetups. So shout out to Product Pints, which is one I go to every month. Um, but yeah these kind of events are super helpful just to kind of mingle learn and kind of get into the industry and get your name learned um but yeah like people are willing to help if you drop someone that looks cool or has works at a cool company in product and you say hey can i pick your brain can i buy you a coffee post covid you'll be surprised how many people actually want to meet up again in real life um but yeah can i buy you a coffee can we chat can we go around um and talk about xyz is probably the best place to start. And then once you're there, you probably will understand if it's product you want to get into or not. Um, and then you can worry about getting interviews and I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute. Perfect. I love that. And yes, I definitely agree with that. The product community is a very helpful one. And I don't know anyone who's said no to helping me, whether it's a chat or a meetup. So yeah, completely agree. Okay, then. Do you need any qualifications for a product role? And if so, what are the best ones? Um, straight answer is no. Um, I guess a lot of PMs that I see um, or people in and around product and tech and this environment do have degrees, but it's not essential. Um, but most profiles I see coming through do have degrees, but there's no formula to get into product or nothing qualification wise you need to be here. There are obviously online courses like Brain Station, Product School, General Assembly, who can help um, you ask answer questions, probably from question one, whether you want to get into it or not, or just give you updated courses on, on ways of working or this and that. But yeah, the simple answer is no. Like, product is a very open workspace and an industry. You can kind of get into it and work around it with any background. Brilliant. 
And this one, oh, this is a juicy one. What makes a CV look good? Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a tricky one, but it's a very simple formula, right? A lot of people want to just blur out absolutely everything onto their CV. Yeah. I did this, 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 that, 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 and that. My team did this, that, that, and that. I think the most important thing about a CV is being clear and concise and using metrics that you actually influenced. So I did X, which equaled Y in Z team, for example. Like a lot of people talk around the facts that their team has done. And if you haven't included stuff that you've done personally, it's an initial red flag for the person who's reviewing the CV to be like, okay, they didn't actually do anything there. You need to make sure you have enough information about what you said. And like I said, metrics, it's always sometimes hard to um, measure, but if it was a sales environment, I hit 90% of target, which was against what, which equaled in what value. If it was in a dev setting or a product setting, you equaled X amount of conversion to X market or whatever. I think people can get lost in trying to shout too much, right? Like I said, clear and concise. Make sure that everything is on there. It's something that you did or you affected or you worked towards. Because if you waffle, it'll be too long. People will skip past parts and, yeah, they won't really get into it. So I think the main point here really is don't be shy when it comes to shouting about what you've achieved because I, I feel a lot of people do struggle with that uh with saying I did this and they they would rather say my team did this but CV really is an in- individual document right exactly that exactly that you can you can you can say what your team did like the team's target was to do this do that that's the right thing to do however what did you actually affect because when you get to the interview process I'm telling you the hiring manager whoever's interviewing you wants to know what you did because they want to know what you can replicate or you can add to their team if it's all a bit blase they're not gonna they're not gonna listen or want to speak to you okay and now I've heard rumors that when hiring managers do look at CVs it's Mm -hmm. not for very long is that true and if so how do you get your individual achievements onto your CV so that they read it Sure. So obviously, CV styles, CV formats can be can come in a million different ways. Uh, there's obviously online formats you can do. There's CVs you can use in the past, or you can look at friends. It's not really the end of the world as long as it's your information. Yeah. You can have uh, title, company, bullet points, and highlight a bold facts or percentage or metrics. Or I've seen a few things which is information at the top, then achievements. And then information, so you have your kind of hard-hitting points at the top. It's all down to you, who you are, um, and what's your style and whatever. But yeah, a, a big tactic is bold it out, so you it's hard to miss it, really. Yeah, I have to admit, I am someone who makes bold <laughs> in my CV. Um, and... well, I probably brushed over it. The hiring manager will go into detail. I don't think, if you're working with a recruiter or a hiring manager... It will be uh, it will be looked at in detail. Um, people want to know who they're hiring. If you're working with a recruiter, the recruiter will have a good look because they want to make sure they're not yeah. representing themselves badly. Um, 
And then when it gets to the higher management stage, they will be looking at it because it's, it's a big thing. They don't want to waste their time yeah. putting you for a first round interview if they don't have a look through. So, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So let's say we've got through the CV stage. Hiring manager wants to speak to us. What kind of research should I do before going into an interview? So you should definitely be doing research first and foremost. A lot of people don't prep. And if you don't prep, you're prepping for failure, I'd say. <laughs> um, so go two ways. You should, uh, you should research the company and research who, research who you're speaking to. So if you're, again, if you're using recruiter, pretty helpful. We normally will give you some prep. This is who you are. This is who, the, sorry, this is who they are. This is their background. Um, so you understand their previous companies, what they've worked on, the projects they've worked with, because you build rapport off that. You can kind of ask questions around that, go into stuff around that. You might genuinely be interested. Um, but then also, like I said the role itself, the company, the team structure, how you fit within that is what a good recruiter should provide. But it's, it's serious. And if you don't know these questions, obviously, feel free. You can't find the information online. Ask these questions. Don't be scared to go into an interview and say, I was wanting to do research on this, but I couldn't find it. Could you elaborate on this? You'll be surprised how many hiring managers actually want to answer these questions. It shows you care. It shows you've smart and you've thought about different things. Anyone that gets to the end of an interview process, don't take this for gospel, but if anyone gets to the interview process and doesn't ask a hiring manager any questions, is a red flag for sure. Okay, so don't be scared to ask questions in an interview as well as being asked the questions. For sure. And do your research. It will help for sure. Okay. Perfect. Um, and now I'm going to switch to the characteristics of a, a product manager. So what are the key traits and characteristics of a good product manager? Um, and do I need any technical skills? So um, tricky one. So two sided. So no you don't need technical skills um to get into it unless because this is all going to be quite this and that so you don't need to be technical unless you're working in a technical role for example <clears throat> if you're a dev so if you're a dev and then you went into being a pm you normally have technical background you can probably go into a technical pm role obviously if you're going into a pm role which works with ai and ml and stuff you probably need to know a little bit about those technical details however the core kind of skills around being a good pm is a good communicator being collaborative and obviously depending on the seniority of your role a good leader right um you are the linchpin between a number of different teams and areas of a business which is why those three kind of main skill sets or characteristics are super important if you I would go as far as say, if you don't have those three, it will struggle to be a successful PM. Would you agree? Completely agree. I think communication is definitely the top skill that I have to implement and all the other product managers, you know, my colleagues or whatever, they have to implement. And I think most of my day revolves around talking to people. Sure. Taking internal team conversations to stakeholders, it goes everywhere and every other team to speak to so yeah uh, yeah perfect okay um this is one that i get quite a lot actually especially mm. for from uh people who are in university 
which is amazing to me because I didn't know what product was when I was in university. So it's great to see the outreach um, and, and younger people as well. So how many years of experience do you need before you try and break into the product world? None. It's, it's just like any other role, right? You have different levels of seniority for different positions and you your requirements for those roles are different and in line with your year's experience. You're not going to be asked to go and write a whole com- a whole website's JavaScript language if you've just come out of uni. The same way, a product, you're not going to lead the full end-to-end roadmap of something. It's, it's You have a, like a product owner role or a junior PM role or a scrum master role, which kind of all these positions are the gateway into product. The so simple answer is no, that there's no years experience minimum maximum to get into product um it's uh it's a special kind of role which is like you say uni students now beginning to know what it is shows kind of this change in trend and it's a bit more of a sexy role and everyone talks about it a little bit more but yeah it, it, it's a special role where you can come into it at any time you can be in a role for 10 years 12 years that is a product and then move into it or you can be doing nothing and then move into product it's it's, it's a pretty cool industry and uh yeah brilliant okay and this is kind of linked to your answer previously is is there a direct direct route into product management so would it be that you kind of go for the junior roles to begin with and you work your way up how does that routing work typically yes most like most roles stuff you don't really just tend to jump in at senior role um you might you just have to learn the ropes understand what the role is but as as i mentioned if you you could potentially be working in a role that you're working at a certain seniority and go to one of these courses i mentioned before on the side to try and kind of not take too much of a bat step or a size step in moving roles but i think everyone that understands in moving roles or moving across business uh, functions is going to have to take a bit of a hit you're not going to move from a, a senior pm to a junior pm role sorry yeah. um and expect a pay increase it's just you know what it is so yeah no that makes perfect sense now when you are placing product managers into a role and obviously you've got some of the context from many different companies that you've worked with typically who would you say your product manager will deal with on a day-to-day basis yeah so good question it's it's, it's a tricky one that to answer though because it's completely dependent on the size and structure of your company and the methodology that your business uses um so if your team is 20 30 people big you're probably going to be direct, like directly reporting into the ceo or cpo maybe not even a cpo if they're that small right but then you know like the spotify model you work in a tribe you work in a silo which will be like developers designers business analysts your manager maybe other pos or pms um which is what i think is really exciting about product you can jump in at any point and you get so much awareness and exposure to the wider business and so much influence to everyone and everything which is i think why people are starting to realize why it's a really cool role um an area to be in because like you say you get to kind of have fingers and pies across the whole business and yeah yeah i completely agree with that and i would say as a product manager the different types of teams that i have to 
deal with and and also it's influenced by your industry as well right like for me yeah. coming from fintech i have always spoken to compliance teams legal teams which in other types of industries you may not necessarily do so much um but you know for me they're like the core cool people that i have to communicate with that they're part of my core stakeholder group um so it really does depend on your industry and like you say the size of your company as well yeah, Perfect. Sure. yeah as mentioned most part will be designers developers and businesses yeah. probably right this one is a really juicy one and i think this is one <laughs> that people are a bit scared to approach and not so not always just with products so i think this is a bit of a wider problem so i'm so Have excited you. to ask you this one <laughs> How do I go about finding if my salary is competitive compared to other product people in my industry? Sure, yeah. And uh, salary is always a kind of sticky point with people. doesn't matter their experience or what profession they're in. No one really can talk about it. Uh, um, but um, a good place to start. So a good place to start will be speaking to a recruiter, right? You can speak to um a recruiter and work out hey this is me this is where i'm at am i getting underpaid what stuff do you have on your books or what roles do you have on or do you have a salary benchmarking document i can look at xyz you feel free to talk to a recruiter about salary they're never worried it's it's not a taboo subject for them so yeah you can ask them just for advice or for them to kind of explain other companies salary bandings or market value right they'll always do that then another thing you can do is glass door reviews glass door i always find a little bit funny though glass door is one of those things where obviously some companies have an amazing glass door review um, for everything then also some have awful ones all i would ever say is looking on glass door is if you leave work having had an amazing day at work do you go and go home and go on glass door and be like yeah. Oh, the best day at work today. You've never done that ever. Yeah. But if you've just been fired or you've just left or something's really annoyed you, you're going to go on there and brain dump it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Take with a pinch of salt on there is what I would say. Um, but then to kind of finish off the point, I would, I would say to everyone, keep your blinkers on when it comes to salary. Obviously, you don't want to be undervalued or underpaid. But if your situation, salary package works for you, then it works for you. No one wants to not be valued. But if you're in a position where you're happy, comfortable, don't always be looking around and worried about other things because situations are different. You might need more, need less than other people. You're only working for number you. You're not working for the person in the office next door. So that's my advice. Is yeah, obviously um, you're underpaid, but who cares what anyone else is paid? If you're good and you're happy, then be good and happy. Yeah, and def- I would add to that and say, look, you can always be paid more somewhere else. There is always going to be someone who is paid more than you. There is always going to be another company that pays more. And yes, money is important, um, but there's so much more to it than salary it's how you fit into that role how you fit into that company of course being grossly underpaid is is a problem um 
But yeah, like I said, there's there's always going to be a job out there that pays you more. And one thing I just want to address with talking to recruiters about your pay, because I know a lot of people are going to be scared to say that the number, they may even lie. But I think recruiters are the one, the one type of people who know how much everyone gets paid, right? Anyone they place in their roles, you know how much they get paid. So they are probably the best people to talk to about it. And there is no shame and no fear of any sort of judgment right because you and guys for sure, know. for sure and like you mentioned a lot of people sometimes are wary to tell a recruiter their salary um and all i would say is obviously in an ideal world don't be a recruiter's job is to know their candidate inside out if i ever went to a, um, a client without knowing my candidate's salary information i'd look like an idiot i need to know everything about them are what we want is aligned. You might want the most, I want the most back. They're aligned in what we want. So never think they're going to try and, I don't know, mislead you or misrepresent you, which I think a lot of people are worried about happening. Like yeah. recruiters to support you. It's, it's in their best interest. So, yeah. Perfect. So glad we got that one out of the way. <laughs> yeah, um, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> uh, right. And my last question is, of other... Are there any types of advice that you can give for someone breaking into product apart from connecting with yourself? First and foremost, obviously, come speak to me. <laughs> uh, no. But um, honestly, as I mentioned before, I think of all the industries, so I, I used to be in um, software engineering recruitment for a number of years before I got into product. Um, and comparing to that, I think product is such a nice community industry to be in. Everyone, and obviously we spoke about the key traits, communication, everyone is just nice and happy to help and wants to help and open to having a conversation and introducing you to people and, and all of that. But yeah, asking people, meetups, connecting with people on LinkedIn, just asking them simple questions. Hey, can we have a chat? Can we do something? Joining communities. Uh, there's so much you can do. Um, listen to your podcast um yeah there's a, there's a lot you can do um just don't be scared to ask yeah perfect i love it and yet yeah, like zach said um please do reach out to him if you do have any questions reach out to me if you have any any further questions um i don't want anyone to feel like they can't because we've got this series out now um but yeah i think i, I from personal experience the reason why i'm helpful to other people is because of how I've been treated in this community it really does feel so nice to be around people who you can just reach out to and like I said before I, I've not met anyone who is who's ever been unhelpful um, if anyone doesn't get back to you it probably is because they're just very very busy and they probably want to get back to you and they just can't um, product as nice product is it's a very busy world as well um, so that that may be happening but yeah if someone doesn't reply to you reach out to someone else you know don't wait on just one person but completely agree with what you say, Zach. And that's the end of my questions. Did you? Sorry, did you want to add anything else? Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, if there are any questions on these topics that you missed out and you want to shoot over to either of us, feel free. I'm sure we're both happy to help. Um, yeah, and it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And 100%, we are here to answer your questions. And that that is the end of my questions to you, Zach. So thank you very much. You're welcome.